my dream would be that the audience really um, get passionate and say like, oh, you did this composer and I really want to hear it again and uh, hear this music again, hear this composer again. And that is for me um, extremely important. That was Stéphane Deneuve, the new music director at St. Louis Symphony Orchestra. I'm Jeremy Goodwin, and this is Cut and Paste, St. Louis Public Radio's arts and culture podcast. Stéphane Deneuve is a 47-year-old French conductor. He first worked with St. Louis Symphony in 2003, and he became an audience favorite over many return visits, in part because the guy is really friendly. He talks to the audience a lot from the podium. He loves to introduce pieces and talk about what the music means to him. He just likes to talk about music. In this new job as artistic chief of St. Louis Symphony, Deneuve follows David Robertson. He had been in that job for 13 years. I produced a radio feature on him that you can find on our website, but this changing of the guard is important enough and he's fun enough to talk to and listen to that we're bringing you an expanded version of our conversation for this month's Cut and Paste. Uh, Keep in mind, I I sat down with Deneuve in his new office high up in Powell Hall, so this isn't a studio interview. It doesn't sound exactly like the typical Cut and Paste. I started by asking Stefan Deneuve just how music first came into his life in a big way. (laughs) Well, I actually um, played a little bit of trumpet. Um, because in the north of France, where I'm from, there are a lot of uh, amateur band, you know, wind band, and uh, and I learned a little bit of trumpet. And at the same time, I was going to a, a school, a Catholic school, with um, an old nun that was playing the organ. And uh, I, when I was ten, I was hiding to listen to her because I thought the sound of an organ was extraordinary i was really uh, enchanted uh, literally by it and uh, a, a church organ yes a church organ yeah and 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 then we had a chapel a church in the in the in the school at a real it was a real organ pipe organ and uh, she saw me and then she said like well um maybe you want to uh, learn piano so um, i did and then she noticed that i had good ears and that I had a little talent, I think. So, um, so she asked my parents to uh, to send me to the conservatoire, and then it went from from there on. But uh, how old were you at that time? You said ten. Ten when I started uh, to uh, to play the piano, indeed, and I started quite early to um, to conduct because in this little conservatoire in the north of France, in Tourcoing, to be precise, near Lille, near Belgium, there was. Uh, a director of the conservatoire who was a conductor himself and and had a, a class for um, uh, young conductors and I was too young but uh, <laughs> my mother insisted saying that I was already very tall and so that I would fit and actually uh, I think to get rid of my mother mostly he accepted to test me and I was only 13 and uh, uh, I'm very actually uh, happy that uh, he saw something and uh, decided to keep me. So I uh, I actually started to conduct and did my very first conducting in public the day of my 14th birthday. So you remember standing up there conducting for the first time in front of people? Yes, it was of course um, a small concert, uh, but it was the day of my 14th birthday, the exact day. And that was a great birthday to conduct a student orchestra in a very short piece but still that's uh, 
how I got the virus, I must say, and I decided to become um, a conductor quite early. I, I really kind of knew in me that uh, that I would do that. I, I can now maybe reveal it um, for very long. I thought it was too pretentious, but actually that I kind of never doubted I, will do, I would do this uh, art, let's say, or this... Uh, this activity, um, I, I was quite sure from early on that um, that was my uh, my way. Do you remember what what felt right about that experience? From very early on, I really got the pleasure of sculpting the sound, of um, communicating the 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 joy of music uh, with people. I remember that uh, I was a pianist and I felt a little bit lonely just playing the piano and I wanted to do a lot of chamber music early on and uh, my wish was to share music with even more people then the orchestra was the, the right tool and I really love this feeling that um, you feel so many different energies and you try to uh, to just put them together it has been a very important thing for me from the start I have a quote from the New York Times here what is it okay I just want to get it right you think you're more. So the New York Times describes you as a cheerful, garrulous Frenchman. Uh, does that sound like a good description? Are you cheerful and garrulous? Uh, I cannot um, first avoid the fact that I'm a Frenchman because uh, my daughter already now, she's 11 years old, and uh, she's correcting my French accent. She said, like, Dad. <laughs> because I do speak with a quite recognizable accent, I think. Yes, I think I'm cheerful too, actually. I, I'm very happy to be alive. I mean, the fact is, I have the feeling that this life that I have is a permanent bonus. My uh, father was a construction builder. My grandfather was a construction builder. My great-grandfather was also a construction builder and <laughs> was meant indeed to continue that and to... I'm sorry, build, what's a what? Construction builder. Construction. Okay. Construction builder. You see, you're lost in my French accent. And I was certainly meant to uh, to have this life in a, in a small town in north of France. And then suddenly, thanks to music, I have access to uh, the capital city, first Paris, where I move very early on when I'm 18. And then I meet a lot of great artists, a lot of fantastic people. And then I start the career and travel the world, learn languages, Italian, German, English, a bit of Russian. And, and, and I find that really that... Uh, it's an unexpected life, so how could I not be cheerful and and, and joyful that I have this life? It's uh, I don't know who to thank, but um, I thank something. What are some pieces of music that you return to as a listener that are that are important to you? It's very interesting because I'm not listening to music um, at all at home. I do not have. A hi-fi system to start with and um, if I listen to music it's really to document myself um, uh, so to prepare uh, a piece I, I, I love to actually do some uh, nerdy research about the very first recording of the piece and and try to um, to know the different options possible and different interpretative choices. So so that I do, and that's how I listen to music. But I don't have the, it's very strange. I, I prefer to be in silence, actually, uh, when I'm at home. And I hate, by the way, uh, ambiance music. I'm a nightmare in restaurants because I always ask uh, the manager to just 
stop the music or to oh, there's music in the background somewhere oh, i hate that I, because i i can't help to listen but listen and listen to the music and then then I'm, I cannot concentrate on the conversation or something. So, uh, so it's really I, I leave the the restaurant and my wife is <laughs> knows says she said oh here you are again when she, when I say like okay I need to go see the manager to uh, turn down the music or do something. Uh, it's very difficult for me to uh, to to not listen to music with attention. So no sometimes very rarely when I'm like jet lagged or something and I may sometimes listen to Bach. Um, you know, Johann Sebastian Bach, uh, the vocal music mainly, actually. And I have the feeling that if music was only Bach, it will be actually enough already. Such an incredible composer. And since I'm not conducting Bach, because uh, it's normally more for a repertoire done, I think, rightly with, uh, with Baroque ensemble, and I don't conduct Baroque ensemble, so, uh, so at least I, uh, I enjoy listening to it. So it sounds like your relationship with music is usually professional. Uh, no, because I'm not professional. Uh, I, I love music only. So no, the relationship with music for me is more doing it. Uh, it's just that it's a physical process. I, uh, I'm very lucky because I'm, I never stop to work and I accept way too many projects. So, um, so I, I work all the time. So I, I play the piano. I actually practice um, pieces, uh, reducing on the piano the, the pieces, and, uh, and I rehearse with orchestra and do concerts all the time. So basically, music is just a permanent partner, but uh, not, some, not really something that I'm passive with. I'm always actively listening or, or just doing it. Do you think you could step back for a moment and describe just what the St. Louis Symphony Orchestra sounds like? For for me, the Saint Louis Symphony Orchestra actually is a very interesting orchestra because it has a rich DNA and it has a special sound, which is for me very important. I love to meet orchestra with spice, with flavor, and they have um, a, a very American and Germanic sound together. I would say it's a big sound, by the way. It's very romantic. Uh, very vibrant and what I enjoyed from the very start is a very sophisticated focus on the uh, music making really refined so you would say like but every orchestra should be refined but it's not the case actually you really you really can feel here something that is um, yes very sophisticated and 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 with a feeling of a, an old grand dame that has a lot of history in the sound. Could you talk a bit about getting to know this ensemble and the give and take between you and the players? It's a permanent process, actually. Um, so so uh, I cannot really um, define that precisely. I, I also don't really think this way in a sense that um, uh, I think that an orchestra should be a, a very flexible animal that can always change for each repertoire and uh, and and I love colors so what I want is to try to adapt the orchestra to the repertoire permanently and uh, and have the the, the the right feel and at the same time you will think I'm contradicting myself but at the same time I love that that you work with also an orchestra that has its instinctive sound 
and it it goes together. I think it's the the reason you can do many colors is because you start with the palette that exists. Then you can use the different color you have and 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 create some uh, some new ones. So uh, for me, there's no no barriers. I mean, no uh, no limits to uh, to this orchestra. They uh, they are extremely virtuosic. Um, I mean, there's also what I love. There's no problems because you have some good orchestras where one section is really uh, not functioning well, and it's not the case. This orchestra here is very homogeneous, very um, tight. Like you feel, it's a it's a group that is uh, very much together. It's a big family, really, and and I love that feeling. What are some things you want to do differently? From what you've heard, what you've seen this this organization do before, I don't arrive here with the idea of fixing something. You know, I just arrive here to um, give what I am. You know, I'm not doing something, thinking about the past. I'm just thinking, trying to be true to myself and to what I love and to what I believe in. And uh, my main concern is to. Uh, share with always more people uh, the good news that music is and and so i really want to um, to uh, to be very accessible in many ways that uh, that entering the hall is easy and we work on that strongly uh, entering the hall is easy what do you mean that that actually everybody feels welcome that everybody whatever background whatever knowledge uh, whatever everybody feels that um, that it's their orchestra and that uh, that they have a right to be here and to enjoy uh, music and also that they can afford it so uh, i'm glad that this year for the first time the access to a concert is the price lower to the price of a movie theater ticket and i want as well to uh, to speak with people and to um, to get to know them and that they are getting to know me and that they uh, they really feel that um, that I am very open to them and that I want to make music not only for them but with them really that it's uh, it's 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 an exchange that is Stefan Denev you're listening to cut and paste and we'll be back after this one little message Welcome back to Cut and Paste. I'm Jeremy Goodwin. I spoke with St. Louis Symphony Orchestra's new music director, Stefan Denev. I asked him what sort of relationship he'd like to have with the audience here. It kind of started already, um, which is very touching. Uh, when I say uh, uh, good evening, because I speak at the start of every concert a little bit, and um, just to face the audience first, because then I will turn my back for quite long. So I love to, to, to see them first and to... Uh, just, you know, welcome them and, you know, change maybe some passive listening into active listening with a few words and sharing my passion, why I program the piece, what I love in this piece, whatever. And um, and when I arrive and I say good evening, some people say bonjour and uh, bonsoir. And uh, that's already uh, very nice that they uh, vocally answer me to start with. And what I would like indeed is, um, is that people interact that um that that they communicate with me too and 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 that we we feel just we are in a community together that that is uh, my dream I, i'm quite impressed because um already 
now uh, I have many stories of uh, being in the supermarket here or, or in the street or in a restaurant and and people coming and, and uh, recognizing me, which is always a bit flattering, I have to say, but but also, you know, feeling very feeling very at ease to um, to introduce themselves and to say hello and and um, yeah, I like that. Well, in this business, there's a certain mystique around people who do the job you do, right? And and not everyone who has has the title of conductor or music director is so accessible to people on the street necessarily. But that just fits with your personality, I suppose. It it just happened that um, I personally love uh, the contact, and yes, I don't want to be in my ivory tower and just uh, you know be uh, romantically uh, distant, whatever. Um, it's I feel sometimes that people do that to to protect themselves from showing that they are not self-confident, maybe you know, and. Uh, and and the mystic of the conductor, I don't really believe in that. Not today. Let's talk about getting to know getting to know St. Louis. Do you stay in a hotel when you're here? At the moment, yes, I I um I, I'm staying in a in a hotel and I'm commuting from Europe because part of my family is um is uh, is there, of course. So um, are they in Brussels? They live in Brussels, indeed. Yeah, yeah. Actually, in south of Brussels, in the in a city called Waterloo, which is a strange city for a Frenchman because it's one of the most famous defeats of Napoleon in Waterloo. So I guess you take that ironically. Definitely, yes. The place from which you launch your successes. <laughs> Precisely. No, it's a nice little city. So what, what do you do when you're here? How have you been getting to know the place? So far, I have to say, I've been extremely busy. Uh, but when I was only a guest conductor, strangely enough, I had more time, so um, uh, what I uh, what I I like a lot here, which I did, is um, uh, visit the different institutions. I I've uh, been to the uh, museums, uh, especially of course the um, Pulitzer Museum, and uh, I, uh, I I've been in the in the arch actually. I walk uh, through the the arch. I visited many. Um, did you go up? Yes, 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 yes. I did that. How was that? <laughs> it's nice. It's a very beautiful view, and and uh, I was quite nervous because I do have vertigo. I I have height fright. You say you know. I a fear fear of heights. You might fear say fear of height, and so being there, it's so small. You know, uh, but uh, but I felt very good, and I love to eat. I'm afraid, so I've been to. Um, what do you like to eat around here? No, I've been to uh, to to many restaurants actually. Um, here and uh, there are some some very good ones. So, so do you come and you like want to go to the best French restaurants, or do you want to go to the local stuff? Like where's the barbecue? Ah no no no, I like everything. I mean, it's actually maybe something in, in life that I have an appetite for everything, and I love very fine cuisine, be it French or anything. But uh, uh, I also like. Uh, you know, Uglylicious, you know this uh, this show, Uglylicious? Like uh, something that is uh, both ugly and delicious. <laughs> so, um, no, no, I, uh, I did enjoy um, at the game, actually, um, to have a good uh, hot dog and a beer, definitely. And I intend to actually uh, go to the Cardinals. They are doing great. So... Uh, I'll probably have you throw out the first pitch if you want to. Mm -hmm. 
I think that's happening. Yep. Okay. <laughs> you look excited about that. Very. I'm scared to death. You mean? <laughs> because, because uh, it's very strange. I I do not have stretch fright at all. I'm very at ease to. Uh, to, to go on stage in front of thousands of people. That doesn't scare me. But <laughs> I'm definitely out of my comfort zone if I have to uh, throw a baseball. But that's the that's challenge you're, you're willing to take on? Of course. You know, it's exciting. For the good of the orchestra. <laughs> for the good of... Uh, yes, I don't know of what, but <laughs> let's hope at least for the orchestra. <laughs> Not for the good of baseball, for sure. Have you attended any musical events outside of this building? Yes, but uh, classical music. I mean, I, I've been to a uh, to recital at uh, Washington University, uh, and it was fantastic hall, by the way. I loved it. And uh, I've been to um, to some uh, African-American churches where I heard some very good gospel singing, and uh, uh, I loved it. It was, it was fun. And But I've not been to, um, to any pop concert or, or jazz concert yet, and... Uh, uh, and I can't wait. Well, there's a jazz club right across the street, mm. as as you know, at yep. the Dark Room, and they are open after St. Louis Symphony Orchestra concerts. And I know this because I usually go over there. Ah, I can see you there. Yeah, often, oftentimes. <laughs> Very good. No, I I will go. I mean, uh, do you think there's anything for you to do musically with people in in jazz or pop in the city? I have a good old dream, actually, which is to um, to take lessons of jazz. I don't. You cannot really, I think, learn jazz. You have to do it. You have to uh, play with people and just develop your own talent. But, but still, still, I would love to uh, to find somebody that could help me um, develop it. Because when I was young, I used to play quite a lot uh, for my own pleasure and some jazz. And I also um, played in a restaurant even when I was very young to earn a bit of money. So. Um, so I can fake it a little bit, let's say, uh, but but uh, I would love to develop uh, my knowledge of jazz and of the chords and yeah, that that uh, that would be a, a great thing for me. What do you see as the role of contemporary music with this group? For me, this is essential that we built a repertoire of the future and i use the word repertoire really very precisely because um, unfortunately there is a big cliche that modern music is something that is difficult intellectual or dissonant or and and a lot of people still believe that um that music of today uh, would be something that they have to uh, suffer until uh, until they hear, you know, the real music. And it doesn't come from nowhere. For sure, especially since the Second World War, there has been indeed a certain avant-garde and modernity, which is now, I mean, can come on, which is now like more than 70 years old, that has put off a lot of people because indeed it was... Uh, something difficult and and not music even I think um, so but this has changed tremendously um, a lot in the world today there are a lot of great composers who are writing music that is 
accessible, that is actually music, that is tuneful, that is uh, melodic, that, that is very tonal. And what I want is that um, uh, people actually realize that it's extremely exciting then to discover this new music and and that they can love it exactly the same way they love a Tchaikovsky symphony or a Beethoven symphony or whatever. And, and so for me, it's very important to create a trust between the audience and myself that I love great music and that my selection of music of today is always the music that I profoundly enjoy and love. And if I may say for the right reason, you know, for purely musical reason, for the p pure pleasure of music. And I hope I can win a certain trust and confidence that, um, that, that people are not scared or reluctant. And as the, the, my dream would be that uh, the audience really um, uh, get passionate and say like, oh, you did this composer and I really want to hear it again and uh, hear this music again, hear this composer again and uh, him or her and and that is for me um, uh, extremely important just because it's weird that the um, classical music form is the only art form which doesn't have a really extremely successful uh, production of today compared to the classics i mean if you look at literature books i mean or theater or visual art or sculpture, you, in all these art forms, you have the classics, you have the museums, and then you have the modern art museum, and you have the bestseller of today, and you have extremely successful creations, productions of today. Why would not be the same um, for classical music? I really don't know. So, um, so this is something that uh, is for me essential, crucial. That was Stéphane Deneuve. I'm Jeremy Goodwin, arts and culture senior reporter at St. Louis Public Radio, and this has been Cut and Paste, produced with help from our executive editor, Shula Newman. Our intro and outro music is by Eric Hall. You can find Cut and Paste at stlpublicradio.org or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have a smart speaker, you have access to the entire world of NPR and St. Louis Public Radio. All the latest news and all the captivating stories. Activate our voices with yours by telling your smart speaker to play St. Louis Public Radio.